This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. In a free democratic state, every person is innocent until proven guilty and is entitled to a fair trial. That seems simple enough. However, sometimes the rule of law doesn't quite line up so perfectly with our personal sense of judgment. In 1986, a man by the name of John Demyanyuk was extradited from Cleveland, Ohio to Israel. Demyanyuk was accused of being Ivan the Terrible of Treblinka, a notorious guard who would torture Jewish prisoners before they entered the gas chambers at the second deadliest Nazi extermination camp. Before Demyanyuk stood trial in Israel, he needed representation. No one in Israel was willing to defend the man that most believed to be one of the cruelest perpetrators of crimes against humanity. That is, until Yoram Sheftel came along. Today we are joined by attorney at law Yoram Sheftel to talk about the Demianu case. Well, first of all, I have to correct your uh, introduction. Okay. Uh, there was uh, one uh, lawyer uh, which was uh, willing uh, to defend Demianuk. However, he wanted upfront uh, one million dollar uh, plus personal bodyguard uh, plus a transformation of his family outside of Israel uh, during the entire trial and on and on and on uh, all kind of uh, such uh, demands mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but there was a much more significant one who uh, was ready to represent them Yanuk and that's the retired uh, 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 judge. The, uh, the retired judge uh, of the Supreme Court, Chaim Cohen, really? which, which uh, three weeks before the trial started, said that he would join joyfully uh, Yoram Sheftel at the defense uh, at the defense chamber, mm-hmm. uh, but unfo- in order uh, to make sure that the Mianuk will be acquitted, because uh, the entire uh, evidence against him, uh, it's uh, identification after 35, 40 years, which uh, from the legal point of view was nothing, uh, and only his uh, physical uh, unhealthy uh, situation prevents him yeah. uh, from doing it. Circumstantial evidence at best. Chaim Cohen is one of the so, for- forming founding fathers of Israeli yeah, he was law. The, he was the deputy president of the su- Israeli Supreme Court, and he said that the very fact that Demyanyuk was indicted, it's a travesty of justice. So I, I, I don't think we could have hoped to start the episode better with two scoops. But there were two other attorneys that, uh, and also I guess I, I couldn't have expected to read an introduction to a podcast to an attorney at law and not be corrected. So I guess that's, uh, that's expected. <laughs> but I want to start by asking this. After you've seen the, I don't know at what point they interviewed you, 
uh, for the the show, there was a recent for our listeners. There was a recent documentary that was released on Netflix called uh, "The Devil Next Door." Yeah, and this is a, a, a television serial which I can characterize as uh, full of lies and deception deliberately, like any documentary. Uh, almost. I don't know any. You know, I don't know any. It's part but, of the. But, but this one uh, took out of it the entire ruling. of the Court of Appeal, the Federal Court of Appeal Entire in the process. USA. Ah, in the USA. In the USA, which ruled that the entire uh, case of Demyanyuk, uh, it's a cover-up and frame-up, and Demyanyuk not only is not even the terrible, but is a victim of a fraud on the court, as it says clearly in the verdict, Of the Federal Court Wait, of Appeal before he was extradited after or? he was extradited and this is what the Federal Court of Appeal six circuit which sits in Cincinnati ruled in 17th of November 1993 10 weeks after the Mianuk was acquitted uh, as early as 1978 or 1979 the government had information from official sources within the Soviet Union and including uh, that there were two Ukrainian operators of the gas chambers in Treblinka, Ivan and Nikolai, and that Ivan uh, Grozny, Ivan the Terrible, was a man named Ivan Marchenko, not Ivan Demyanyuk. The OSI attorneys uh, acted with reckless disregard for their duty uh, to, uh, to the court and their discovery obligations in failing Uh, to disclose at least three sets of documents in their possession before the proceedings against Demyanyuk ever reached trial. And then the court says, for reasons set out herein, we vacate the judgment of this court and uh, the judgment of this, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the judgment of the district court and the judgment of this court in the extradition court proceedings on grounds that the judgment were uh, wrongly produced as a result of prosecut- prosecutional uh, misconduct that constitute fraud on the court in the circumstances of this case. So, but in, in, the, in the series, they pointed out to that point. No, that, they that, did not. They no, no. eliminated the entire thing. of this verdict no from, no they did it yeah the, they didn't mention this but on that same point they did mention and I just want to point it out to you so that you can respond that they, they mentioned that uh, Demyanyuk wrote in some play in the immigrations I think forms to the United States that his father was Demyanyuk and his mother was Marchenko uh, look, is that does that uh, it's all you see it's half truce and sometimes half truce is much worse than a lie and a half Uh, it's a Yiddish proverb? Uh, yeah, this is originally in Mamelushin. <laughs> uh, so, uh, look, Demyanyuk didn't have a clue about the maiden name of his mother. Therefore, he said that the, her name was Marchenko. But isn't that quite coincidental that uh, he chose the same uh, name? Listen to the end, you will see nothing is, co- is okay. incidental. Uh, now, uh, Marchenko... In Ukrainian, it's exactly like Cohen and Levy uh, with us, the Jewish people. How do I know? In the telephone book of Cleveland, not of Kiev, of Cleveland, uh, 
611 Marchenkos. And we produced it to the court. Now, but why arguing about this when we produced the birth certificate of the mother of the Mianyuk, which says that her maiden name was Tabachuk. So this is all one big crap, deliberate, uh, brought by uh, prosecutions, uh, prosecutors, which are liars and bloodthirsty, which even when the entire dossier of the real, even the terrible Marchenko, Ivan Marchenko came to surface, they still wanted to hang the Mianyuk for being even the terrible, this bloodthirsty prosecutors. And there is no other way you can describe them except bloodthirsty, cynical, uh, with total disregard to the facts and the truth. So I want to I wanna ask, if we take a step back from the case, uh, because the case is, and in a court of law, things are very specific. You need to prove, if you're accusing, that he is Ivan the Terrible. You need to prove that he is Ivan the Terrible. But if we take a step back, and, and if I want, I want to ask you, is there, is there any doubt in your mind that he was a Nazi, at least a Nazi collaborator, that he committed uh, first of all, crimes uh, first of all, against this, humanity? Uh, first of all, this entire conversation is false. And it uh, came to surface when uh, our bloodthirsty prosecutors realized that they lost the case of Ivan the Terrible. Then they started to say, okay, he's not Ivan the Terrible, so he's another terrible Ivan. And then the Supreme Court uh, ruled uh, as follows in the last sentence of its verdict. Uh, they accused even the, the Wachmann, the Wachmann Ivan Demjanjuk, we find him not guilty from the disastrous charges of being Ivan the Terrible from Treblinka. The following day, within 48 hours, 12 petitions to the Supreme Court uh, were produced to the court demanding the general attorney to prosecute Demianyuk as a Wachmann from Sobibor. Why? Because that's what the Supreme Court said in, in his verdict. verdict. Yes. Okay. Uh, two weeks are passing and the general attorney announced the court the following. We shall not prosecute Demianyuk on any alternative charge relating to the Holocaust. Why we will not do it? We will not do it because we do not have sufficient evidence to secure a guilty sentence. And a second non-guilty sentence will be a complete disaster. And then our clever Supreme Court, which only less than a month ago said the Wachmann Ivan Demianyuk, then suddenly the Supreme Court said the following, the general attorney is fully correct. Uh, why should he prosecute Demianyuk if the chances of conviction are very small? Therefore, the general attorney is right and dismissed the entire 12 petitions. Uh, and this, we're talking about Sobibor, we're talking about any alternative charges. Uh, now, what, what do you believe? You believe he had nothing to do with the Holocaust uh, whatsoever? Look, as far as even the terrible, uh, it is not a matter of belief because never in the 20th century 
in, in a magnificent trial, you know, that the media cover and everything, uh, never uh, the defendant was able to prove his innocence to a degree that Demyanyuk did. Demyanyuk produced 80 statements from 37 Wachmans, including 11 statements from Nikolai Shelayev, the co-operator uh, of the gas chambers in Treblinka, which pointed black on white at Ivan Marchenko as his partner in operating the gas chamber in Treblinka. But I'm asking about One any... second, one second. 80 statements like this, each and every one of them pointing at Ivan Marchenko and Nikolai Shelayev, including Nikolai Shelayev himself, uh, what uh, his statements, he was caught by the KGB, uh, he was tried, he was found guilty, he was executed to death, like all these 37 Wachmans, yes? And they all stated, plus five uh, laborers, Ukrainian forced laborers, women, all stated as Ivan Marchenko is Ivan the Terrible. So here, there is no question uh, that Demyanyuk is not Ivan the Terrible because we know who he is. And you cannot be Ivan the Terrible and being the same person and not being Ivan the Terrible. It's two different uh, per, uh, persons, nothing to do between one and another. And I want to show you, uh, there, there is also, we have, look, there is not even the slightest physical resemblance. That's Ivan the Terrible. That's the real Ivan right. the Terrible. And uh, that's also uh, Ivan the Terrible. Right, these are the photos, and, they and, also show and, it in the documentary. See, to, me, to me, this photograph, to me, this photograph showing that the Holocaust, it's a joint venture between the Nazi cross and the Christian cross. Because you see, here is the Nazi cross mm -hmm. and here is the Christian one in their room. And, and the entire Holocaust, it's a joint venture between the Christian cross and, uh, and the Nazi cross. So, so and this picture represents it. Now, look, now let's look now at the Mianyuk. No physical resemblance whatsoever. Whatsoever. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And this is what the court, the Supreme Court of the State of Israel said. Not only uh, it's a mistake. Look, this is the Mianyuk in then, 1951. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. No resemblance whatsoever to Ivan Marchenko. Okay. Besides, Ivan Marchenko is nine years older. He was in Treblinka married, a father of three. In 1942, Demyanyuk was 22 years old, bachelor. He married in 1950. But so then how... Now, this is the Ivan the Terrible story. Yes, but now, what about having anything to do with Sobibor or look, Treblinka as uh, a simple guard, let's uh, say. Look. Can you deny it completely? Uh, yes, I deny it completely because, because our general attorney, our Supreme Court ruled that there is no sufficient evidence to, com to implicate Demyanyuk to anything concerned S the Holocaust. So I have a follow-up question. Let's say... Dimanyuk approached you, okay, and in a close conversation, you're his attorney. He would tell you, I'm not Ivan the Terrible. Yes, I was a guard. Would you represent me? No. You wouldn't represent Definitely him. not. Okay. Definitely not. But he denies... He denied any... Any 
connection whatsoever uh, for uh, the accusations of being a Wachman anywhere. So you would... Okay. So, so I have two questions on that point. One is, the, what, do you, what do you say about the German conviction later on in 2009? And two, in the series, and maybe this was taken out of context, but in the series, his grandson seems to implicate at the end or imply that he's somehow come to terms with the fact that his father is... He, never, he, never, he never so said maybe. that this is what his grandfather told him. Yeah, no, he, he says that said, he's sort of... Uh, who, who the hell is he? No, no, I know. I'm I, just I so mean, that who the hell is he? I mean, what authority <laughs> he has to say what uh, was his grandfather or was not... Look, if he No, you could say, say that he's a person well, look, that has the most interest if, to believe if, that his grandfather's innocent. Uh, uh, except uh, from... Uh, uh, no, not true uh, whatsoever, not true whatsoever. And again, uh, the important thing about uh, the foolish uh, things which he said in, in uh, Netflix is that he never said and, and never even uh, indirectly uh, hinted that he heard this from his grandfather. So his own stupid thoughts are uh, of no mean are uh, mean totally uh, not and what uh, about the german uh, conviction in 2009 well the german conviction it's a farce because it's based on the same exactly one on one material which the israeli supreme court of the jewish state the highest court of the land said that this material is not sufficient to produce an indictment now, the German court, for one second, didn't believe in the conviction he just published because a second after the verdict was uh, read in the court, he released the Mianyuk. He asked the lawyer of the Mianyuk, are you going to appeal against our conviction? The lawyer said, yes, okay, we release your client. But wasn't he sentenced to five years yes, in prison? Yes, and on the spot was released after this five years sentence. This you will not find in the Netflix. Wait, he spent five years? No, or? no, he, he didn't spend one minute. He was in arrest during the case. Twelve times he asked to be released on bail. He was denied. Why? Because such a serious charges you never release someone on bail but then when he was convicted and found guilty in these same charges he was released on the spot in the initiative of the court That's in the initiative of the court <laughs> he was released on the spot okay on the spot and this is the most clear-cut evidence that this uh, german court uh, which i uh, characterize the proceedings in the German court as prostitution of the Holocaust. This is a clear-cut prostitution of the Holocaust. But didn't he die in Germany? He died as a free man. So he... As a free man. He, was, he chose to stay in Germany? No. He had to He was stay expecting the, the... He had to uh, stay in Germany for the appeal. The appeal. For the appeal proceedings. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Besides, he couldn't go back to the United States because he was deported. Ah, so right. he couldn't go back to United States under any circumstances. Okay. I would assume if he, if, he, if he had a choice, he would go to Ukraine to finish his last days. Yes, but he, one thing is for sure, he couldn't go back to the United States. But the point is that the German court, which refused to release him when he was only uh, in, in, under indictment, released him when he was found guilty. I mean, that's a joke, and, 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 
we're talking about law. The conviction is non-existent. Why? Because he appealed against it. The appeal wasn't heard, not because of his fault. He simply died. Therefore, by German law, the... He's innocent. He's innocent. They am- this they emphasize on the show, by the way. Uh, yes, in the end. yes, yes, yes. So, this, this, uh, yes, yes. So why do you think, because he, he was first extradited from the United States to Israel and then again to Germany by the OSI, the Office of Special Investigations. He was not extradited. He, no, he was, was uh, deported. He was deported. extradited either, and then deported. Yes. So, either, either to Germany or Poland or Ukraine. Yeah. Now, you know what's the secret here? Mm-hmm. The German bastards waited till the last Treblinka survivor will die. And then they accepted the Mianyuk. You know why? Because if, when the Mianyuk put on trial as being a Wachmann in Sobibor from March 43 uh, till October 43, you know who will bring his defense witnesses? the Treblinka survivors that testified against him that he was in that time exactly in Treblinka. All the survivors in Binyanea Uma, in the theater hall that was transformed not successfully to a court of law, testified they saw even the terrible, which is Demyanyuk, to their account, every day from about August, September 42, till at least the revolt in 2nd of August 43. Therefore, the Germans waited them all to die, and then they were ready to accept him and to put him on trial, the liars. The, the, um, this why you I don't call, like Germans, I think. This why, <laughs> this why I call the proceedings in Germany clear-cut prostitution of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so um, I wanted to ask about the OSI in the United States. Why did they have, in your opinion, because it seems like you're painting a picture like this is an innocent man and, and the OSI is just kind of I'm picking not, on I'm him. I'm not that, painting no, no, any picture. You're not pa- it's, it's the Federal Court of Appeals said I'm saying that from, the OSI, the killers. Yeah. They, that's so why murderers, did they do that? They, the OSI, judicial murderers. Uh, I'll read you a document from one lawyer of the OSI to another. You know what they say? Releasing our material to the Demyanyuk family with, with, uh, will easily undermine the strategy of the Israeli prosecution. What is the, prof- uh, the strategy of the Israeli prosecution? Gallows now. And also it says, and undermine the integrity of the Israeli prosecution. You know why? Because they are partners in this fraud on the court. The Israeli prosecution are partners in this fraud on the court. Let's take a step back. First of all, I want to know, why did you become a lawyer? Uh, I uh, became a lawyer uh, because I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, before to make I mother was proud? Before, no, before I was uh, 10 years old. Okay. Uh, this is under the influence Uh, of the Kastner case, which I read everything about it before I was 10 years old. The Kastner case, our audience is mainly American Jews, so they would know. Uh, Kastner uh, was uh, the worst Jewish collaborator with the Nazis in the entire uh, Second World War, and he actually assisted Eichmann 
uh, he's in, a Jewish yes, and he lived in, in, in Israel-Palestine. In, in exterminating 700,000 Jews. And, uh, Hungarian he, Jews. Uh, Hungarian Jews, exactly. And uh, when uh, this uh, truce was written in a very small publication in Israel, the Israeli general Atene put this man wh- which wrote about it, Malkiel Greenwald, on a trial. Because Kastner was part of government. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he was high official of the government. Of so the, it was of, a trial for of, blasphemy. Yeah, exactly. But criminal one. Yeah. But a criminal trial of blasphemy. And That's uh, 55, the year 55, yeah, and, I and think. And very, very quickly it became a, a case that Malkiel Greenwald, through his uh, outstanding lawyer, Shmuel Tamir, uh, became to be uh, the accuser and not the accused. Mm-hmm. And um, I read everything about this trial. And uh, this, when I decided to be uh, a, cr- uh, a defense, a criminal defense lawyer, and also I read the autobiography of the greatest criminal uh, lawyer ever lived, which is of course Jewish, uh, Shmuel Leibovich, Samuel Leibovich. He had 78 murder cases, 77 acquittal. Never Where, in, in America? In America, Samuel Leibovich. And he, his real name was Labo. And he changed it to Labovich because Labovich sounds more Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So when, when the case of the Mianyu comes to Israel, how do you make the decision to take it on? Well, uh, I, uh, at the first two, three weeks, uh, was uh, convinced like any other Israelis that uh, we have here even the terrible and um, that's uh, perfectly okay, nothing wrong with it. Um, And uh, I didn't pay too much uh, attention to it. However, still I was uh, reading, I don't know even why, everything that was written about. Uh, And uh, very soon uh, I uh, started uh, with my uh, instincts uh, to feel that uh, the case stinks. Um, first of all, I found out from the papers that um, the entire case is based on identification proceedings uh, which took place in Israel, in Jaffa, uh, in 1976. That is to say more than 30 years uh, after uh, the events, uh, after Treblinka happened. And uh, knowing who are the Israeli police, I was sure that it was a total uh, misconduct of uh, photo spreads and uh, a proper identification process. A. B, uh, within uh, six weeks, uh, it emerged that one of the witnesses, the key witnesses, Rosenberg, uh, which is uh, supposed to be a key witness, uh, gave um, a testimony to a Jewish uh, Austrian newspaper in uh, 1947 claiming that he killed with his own hands even the terrible in the revolt in 2nd of August uh, 1943. So it's uh, quite difficult to kill a man and then to identify him alive uh, 33 years later. Then it emerged that with another witness, the same story, Goldfarb, 
which also claimed uh, to be pres- not uh, to kill him with his own hands, but to, s- to see with his own eyes how during the revolt in 2nd of uh, August 1943, he saw how even the terrible was killed, and yet he identified the Myanuk as being even the terrible. Uh, so uh, then um, it was enough for me to doubt the entire proceedings. Um, in, the, in the show, it seemed as if, and maybe this was another one of the ways they edited it, but it seemed as if that evidence came up while you were already an attorney. That was before you became attorney? Of course. Not before, before I became his defense lawyer. This yeah. was all uh, put when uh, O'Connor, his uh, American uh, defense lawyer, when he came to Israel, he, uh, uh, he put uh, these facts uh, to the media and the prosecution didn't dispute it. The mm-hmm. prosecution didn't say he doesn't know what he's talking about, it never happened, uh, Rosenberg never gave such an interview, Goldfarb never said uh, that he watched with his own eyes how uh, even the terrible being killed in the revolt, they didn't dispute it at all. Which, uh, and we know it's true. It's true. We know more what the prosecution uh, cover up. Uh, Rosenberg also gave a 66 page in Yiddish his accounts from Treblinka. And the last three pages he described in Yiddish how he killed uh, Ivan the Terrible with his own hands. Now the prosecution, uh, this evidence exists in the Jewish uh, Historical Museum in Warsaw. And I spoke with the uh, head of that institute, and he told me that Shaked was here before the trial. And I told him about this statement, and Shaked was not interested, didn't take it. Shaked was the prosecutor yes, for, for the state. Yeah, for and, the, and I had to pay, I had to pay this head of the, this Jewish institute $500 in cash, yes, in order that, uh, to be able to photocopy uh, this statement. Uh, mm-hmm. This is how we run but you our approached, trial. You approached the Demanuk uh, family after you saw that and you heard their... No, no. I didn't know what to do. You see, uh, the more and more um, uh, the time passed, more and more information came to light that uh, I was com- then convinced it's, it's a farce. The entire accusation of the Demanuk of being even the terrible is a complete farce. However, and, and, I di- and I said to myself, I want to be part in the defense team. I never realized that I will be the sole defense lawyer in that case. Eventually. Uh, but, uh, as it happened, eventually, yes. Uh, but uh, I wanted to be part of the defense team and especially uh, concentrate on uh, the identification proceedings. Uh, but I didn't know what to do. Because if I come to... Uh, uh, suggest myself, you know, it's uh, Ukrainian goyim. Uh, they will think that uh, I'm planted by the Mossad in the case. Um, as O'Connor, by the way, did when we, we, I mean me, and the family decided to throw him out of the case. Uh-huh. So he said that Sheftel planted himself as a Mossad agent in the case. You see? So <laughs> that's a pretty uh, shitty Mossad agent uh, to get stup- an appeal uh, and then an a, innocent a stupid <laughs> anti-Semitic goy. I mean, what you can expect? A stupid anti-Semitic goy. 
So there's, I just want to point out to our listeners that they should watch the the the, the documentary, if not for anything, but to uh, hear the claims about the anti-Semitism. It's not just something that you're throwing around. Meaning there are there's connections that his father was anti-Semitic, yeah. right? Uh, I, I'm not sure at all that O'Connor, uh, who was uh, responsible of uh, refugee matters in the Truman administration, I'm not senior, at all... Senior, O'Connor Senior. Yeah, O'Connor Senior, uh, the father of the, the father. defense lawyer. Uh, I'm not uh, c- convinced at all uh, that he was an anti-Semite. Uh, I think it's again uh, the crap, the ah. bullshit, the lies and deception. So he of, wasn't, of but his son was. Look, uh, uh, I was brought up in a in a Yiddish home, uh, which uh, from birth uh, we suspect Goim as <laughs> They're such all to be anti-Semites. <laughs> Especially, I'm, I'm talking. About, I mean, Goim uh, with uh, Yiddish is uh, is Christian Goim. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, because Yiddish was not spoken in Muslim countries, of course. Uh, so uh, O'Connor uh, definitely, when uh, uh, to throw him out of the case was my initiative. Was my initiative when I discovered that he's worthless. The fact but that he why was. Do you, why did you call him? Why do you call him an anti-Semite? Like why? Because when he said that he's a Mossad when agent, when he suddenly said that I'm in the case uh, as a Mossad okay. agent, that's conspiracy. That's only an anti-Semite but, can say such a thing. But you know what's amazing? Only, only low-class anti-Semite can say such First of all, it's, crap. it's amazing that they let him represent, because he's not an Israeli lawyer. The no, fact no. that they according let him... The law, no, no. According to the law in Israel, uh, when the accused is a foreigner and he faced death penalty, he's entitled to have a foreign It was lawyer. always thus? Yes. Uh, also, uh, we thought a complete difference between the two cases. Eichmann also had a German foreign defense lawyer. And another technical issue is that in Israel, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the appeal, you, you usually don't show new evidence. Yes, unless, unless you can prove that this new evidence is crucial. A, B, you couldn't get them when the original trial took place. But it's a rare procedure. Uh, not so rare. Not so rare? Not so rare. I mean, uh, time and again, I succeed in appeal proceedings okay. to <laughs> put that's... new evidence. Okay. So I want to I ask a philosophical question, I guess, about law. It, do you believe that a lawyer... No, but let me finish yes. uh, uh, the question. How okay. okay. So uh, I came to a dead end. Okay, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, and uh, then um, at the morning of the eve of Yom Kippur... I'm going to the main prison in Israel, Ayalon prison, to meet some of my uh, clients there. And I enter to the place where That's the lawyers... That's 50% of the prison uh, and population. I, and I uh, enter the place uh, where uh, the lawyers uh, sitting and waiting their clients to be brought to them. And who do I see when I enter? I see O'Connor. And I said to myself, now I'm going to mesmerize him. And uh, and uh, put myself in the case, and uh, so it was. We started to go. I first of all uh, told um, the guard sergeant that when I will talk uh, with my clients, bring me every ten minutes a cup of coffee, and hold the corner till I finish. Don't uh, take him to the Mianyuk. 
And when I came out of that meeting, he says to me, oh, you must be a big shot because they save you a coffee 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm sitting here two hours and no one uh, suggested the coffee to me. Theater. And, uh, he said so. No, I'm saying theater. Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and uh, then uh, we started to discuss and talk and, and this was uh, this led the rest to, is history to, yes uh, this led to uh, me joining uh, the case your philosophical question Ace. so yeah so I want to ask if you believe that a lawyer has to be fully has to fully believe in the innocence of his client in order to defend him if So long as I don't I'm not I'm not painting a situation in which the client has behind closed doors confessed to the lawyer or anything like that. I'm saying if the client holds that he is innocent, does the lawyer have to completely believe in his innocence or can he have doubts? Look, um, in all the cases I took and I always take very, very serious and uh, vicious and nasty cases, uh, I don't care if uh, the person I represent is actually uh, innocent or not, I care about the evidence, except one case, and that's the Demianu case, because as false as the identification proceedings may be, they still may be right as well. I mean, the fact that uh, the identification proceedings are false, it means that they cannot uh, serve as an evidence against the accused. But it doesn't say necessarily that they are wrong, that there is a mistake in the identification. Mm-hmm. Because there is a possibility of mistaken identification because the proceedings are false, there cannot be sufficient evidence. But it's not uh, one-on-one that if the proceedings are false, then the identification practically is false. It's false legally, but not necessarily practically but you're saying in the Demianu case oh then uh, I uh, said to O'Connor listen and also what uh, makes me even more eager to join the case from the evidence point of view when I discovered that the Demianu Travniki card is a KGB document it's a KGB document it's one of the main evidence of the prosecution yeah Again, this is also lies, because this is 100% alibi for Demianyuk for not putting his foot ever in Treblinka. The evidence, uh, the document talk, put Demianyuk in two places. Oksau, which is a kind of labor camp with no executions, no gas chambers, no nothing. Forced labor, agriculture forced labor. And uh, Sobibor. And uh, prosecution... A expert witness from Germany said that the Travniki card, in every Travniki card, you have all the places when the person was put in. Uh, so if the Mianyuk was in Treblinka, it must appear in the Travniki document. But more so, according to the, when you take the witnesses and you take the card, So uh, it should be mentioned three times. Why? Because he was in between Oksau and Sobibor all the time and after and before in Treblinka, according to the statements. So he was before 22nd of September in Treblinka, should be the first time. 
It was after the 22nd and before the 27th of March in Treblinka, second time. And after the 27th of March, he should be back again in Treblinka. Why? Because he was there in the revolt. So he should appear three times on the Travniki card, Treblinka. But it doesn't appear at all. So the Travniki card is 100% alibi for the Mianyuk from the accusation of being even the terrible. So I want us to hit one last... But, but, yeah. but then, then I said to O'Connor, listen, what I just said to you before, mm-hmm. uh, the identification is false for the law, for, for the court, but maybe it's right. And I'm going to meet with this man and I want to test him. Look him in the eye. I, no, looking in the eyes is ghoulish. It's ghoulish, okay. Um, so what do you do then? Look... I know from what cross-examine time, him from from that time uh, I knew that uh, even the terrible pushed to the gas chambers the entire almost 900,000 Jews that were slaughtered in Treblinka and tortured them as well and each and every one of them screamed Gewalt and Shema Yisruel. Now Shema Yisruel, he could hear in Cleveland. There was a Jewish community, 200,000 people. He may heard Shema Yisruel in Cleveland. But Gewalt not. He couldn't hear Gewalt. And uh, by the way, I don't have any uh, language distance when I spoke when I speak with Demyanu because I speak fluent Russian as well. Couldn't he have heard it in Ukraine or I mean from Jews? From you in, in Ukraine? He, he, he never, didn't speak he, Yiddish he, in he Ukraine. Never, he no. never saw a Jew before he uh, b- before he drafted in the army and in the army also I doubted if he saw a Jew. And and the Jew in the army shouldn't uh, cry Gewalt. Gewalt you you shout It's a unique when, when cry. you're extremely desperate. Okay. Gewalt is when you're extremely desperate. And for two and a half hours, I tested his reactions when I, like by, by coincidence, uh, threw to the air the word Gewalt uh, and dropped my key and says, Oi, Gewalt, and, and got down to take it and look at him when he doesn't, look, when he doesn't realize that I look at him. Uh, and on and on, and after two and a half hours, and Mianuk is a dumb. I mean, there is not a clever guy. He's not a clever guy. There are clever guys, but he's not one of them. And he didn't fool me. He didn't fool me. And I was 100% convinced that the word Gewalt he heard the first time in his life in our uh, discussion. And that's uh, plus plus another condition, we're going to admit all the facts of the indictment, including all the crimes of even the terrible. And we're going to dispute one thing. Demyanuk is not even the terrible. He's not that monster. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with it. So I want to hit one last piece of evidence that was brought up in the show, and I, I want to hear what you have to say with it. One of the most convincing things to me was the tattoo on the under under his arm, which he admitted to having and having removed, which was a An notorious SS. SS tattoo. So, I mean, doesn't that at least prove that he was a Nazi or that he was a Nazi collaborator uh, or a Wachmann? Not or? at all. I mean, he testified about it uh, in the case. 
and naturally uh, the Netflix which is uh, b- busy only with lies and deceptions uh, didn't bring his testimony about uh, this in the case so and what his, was his testimony his testimony is uh, very clear uh, he was in a prison camp called Helm near the city of Helm the famous Helm from Sholem Aleichem and um, he was there from summer 42 till spring of 44 it's a complete full alibi to uh, Treblinka and Sobibor and any other death camp and then he was taken out from that camp in order to join SS unit and he was stamped the SS uh, tattoo and Two weeks later, and he stayed there in Austria, in, um, I think, near the city of uh, Gantz, something like this. But two weeks later, they took him to the Vlasov army. Which is? Uh, Vlasov army, it's an army of uh, more than half a million Soviet uh, prisoners of war. The, in, that fell to German hands and volunteer to fight alongside the German the, the, uh, the German Wehrmacht and Demjanuk doesn't deny that he was one of them but there is no question whatsoever that uh, the Vlasov army had nothing to do and didn't kill one Jew by the way there were a lot of Jews in the Vlasov army which saved themselves uh, this way. There were a lot, uh, when I say a lot, few thousand. There were few thousand Jews in the Vlasov army as well. And the Vlasov army had nothing to do with anything concerned the Holocaust. Nothing whatsoever. Now, when he was after the war in uh, those camps uh, of refugees, he was told by many, look, if you want to immigrate to the United States, take it off. the SS, because otherwise you wouldn't get a visa to the, to the United States. So he took it off. That's the story. Okay. That's the story. Last Now, question. of course, again, his version about it, I mean, you can believe it, you cannot believe it, but they took it off. They're serious. I, I mean, yeah. they were afraid that when he tells it so simple and so clear, yes, uh, with his own uh, mouth, yes, People may believe him. So they took it off. <laughs> they took it off. But, but... It, it is also interesting that he, but, uh, he, he mentioned the tattoo, right? Yeah, it wasn't, yes, he it brought wasn't it known. up, meaning yeah, it wasn't known. He brought known. it up. Yes, he brought it up. I, I mean, no one could say that he had here an SS tattoo. He brought it out. He brought it but out. But then going back to your claim that he's stupid, maybe... Maybe he was just dumb. Uh, no, that's stupid. <laughs> you see, that's the definition. No, 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 no. Because you see, he was not stupid enough to leave it when he was told that with this tattoo he will not get a visa to the U.S. To the U.S. So he took it off. Uh-huh. So he took it off. Yeah. But uh, look, the entire... Uh, okay, if uh, after they lost the case... Uh, after they realized they lost the case, but before the verdict. Okay, so he's not even the terrible from Treblinka, so he's another terrible even. All this false is based on the Travniki card. Now, the Travniki card is, again, it's a fraud on the court. And uh, this time, 
it's a pure Israeli fraud on the court. But the court in Israel uh, doesn't have the guts to say it as the Federal Court of Appeal had the guts to say it about the prosecutors in the U.S. And the story goes like this. The original Travniki card came to Israel in December 86. In January 87, they sent Amnon Bezzaleli, the false uh, witness, expert witness, which supposed to testify in court and say this is 100% original genuine. document. Genuine original document. And he was sent to Germany, to the BKA, the federal... Um, Uh, the Federal Forensic Laboratory, which is the number one experts on earth to rule whether a document supposed to be a Third Reich document is authentic or forgery. And the head of that laboratory was given the document. His name is uh, Louis Ferdinand Werner. He came to Mr. Bezzaleli the next day and said to him, listen, Bezzaleli, this is not a forgery. This is an amateur forgery of the KGB, and I point to you now three points, which I'm sure there are many others. The three points are the face, alleged, the, the Mianyuk face, it's a photomontage on the uniform, The entire photograph is taken from another document, and the stamp on the photograph doesn't match the stamp on the document. Leave me the document for another 10 days, I give you a full, detailed expert opinion. What the Israeli prosecution, Amnon Bezzaleli, which only seeking the truth, what they do? Bezzaleli phone Jerusalem to his prosecutors and ask them what to do and tell them what uh, Dr. Werner just told him. He was told, take immediately the document from him and come back to Israel. Now all, and then Dr. Werner writes a memo and he writes like this, it seems in these facts, in this case, the facts are of no matter whatsoever and everything will be subordinated to the political needs. Now, the entire case of the Mianyuk, including the Supreme Court appeal hearings, the entire case, nobody knows about it. That's fraud on the court, classical. Fraud on the court. How did I discover it? When the entire case, the, the final arguments completed, Aaron Barak said, due to the twists and turns of this case all the time. Aaron Barak is the judge. Yes, of the, uh, the Supreme justice Court. of the Supreme Court. Court. Later on became the, the president. Yeah, the president. Chief Justice. So uh, then Barak appealed to the defense and the prosecution. Look, we don't want to write a verdict, a decision, that afterwards all the world will laugh at us because there are other facts which contradict what we wrote. So if there is certain development uh, which change the facts as they are now, please let us know. In March, just before, three months before the verdict, the Stern magazine 
come with an, uh, with an article, 12 pages. Everything I just told you, was that's there. the basis of mm-hmm. the article, including the memo, the full wording of the memo, everything. And I sent it to Barak, although the arguments are closed, and I wrote him a letter, I sent it to you and to the other judges, justices, only because you asked. I don't need it. I already proved the case, my case. Just I don't for need the it. record. Just no word about it in the verdict, nothing. And the entire accusations of the Mianyuk for being Vachman is this based on this false document. Now I tell you more than this. The leading forensic expert of the 20th century, Dr. Julius Grant, yes? Mm-hmm. He was a defense witness. And I uh, got him through my connections with the friends of Maya Lensky, the legendary, which I represented him as well. I had the COVID to represent him as well when I was 30 years old. And uh, they directed me uh, to Dr. Julius Grant. And who is Dr. Julius Grant? I tell you just two things, three points. A, when the son of Mussolini said that the Mussolini diary are authentic, Dr. Julius Grant took the paper, did like this, and said, this paper was manufactured in the 50s in the region of Lombardia in Italy. (laughs) That's fraud. And then chemical test, which he carried, proved it. The same thing exactly with the Hitler diaries just from doing like this to the paper. He said, no, this is a paper produced in the 60s in Germany. And then uh, uh, physical, uh, uh, chemical test proved it. As a private person, he was nominated as the head of the Cyprus police after the murder of Archbishop Makarios. And within three months, through forensic evidence, he found the killer. That's Dr. Julius Grant. Now, Dr. Julius Grant said about this document... Like a real-life Sherlock Holmes. More than. Believe me, much more than Sherlock Holmes. Now, and it's a real one. That's a real, not a fantasy. Yeah. Now, Dr. Julius Grant, which testified in the case when he was 87 years old, stood four days, refused to sit. Four days he stood on, on on the witness box, and he said that there is no question whatsoever that the signature on the Demianyuk case is not the signature of the Demianyuk that sits in the docks, in the dock here. No question whatsoever. Clear cut. Clear cut. This by comparing more than, by comparing more than uh, 30 known undisputed signatures of the Mianyuk from 47 till uh, the late uh, uh, 60s. Clear cut. Then he said, no question whatsoever that the photograph, as Dr. Werner said, was taken from another document. Why? Because you see clearly there are two uh, little holes which fits exactly staple. And on the document, there is no staple. Holes. So clearly, the the photograph was taken 
from another, uh, and, mm-hmm. and this is the two key identification features, yeah. the, the, the photograph and the signature. So the Travniki card is a false, it's a hundred percent false, and this is the basis of the conviction the and acquittal. the stories and, and, and everything you yeah, say, yeah. that Demyanyuk is a Wachman mm-hmm. at large and in Sobibor specifically. So we, ah, okay. we got to wrap things up. I have one last question. Do you also? No. Yeah, just one okay. last question to finish things up. So very shortly. I mean, I, I, not today, because I'm not sure also that many people would necessarily know the connection between you and Demyanuk. But back then, there was certainly, uh, there was even uh, uh, an incident in which someone threw acid on yes. your face. Yeah. Back then, I think it's safe to say and that the Jewish many... Doctor, American Jewish doctor refused yeah. to take money for the operation. He operated me in a special operator that he invented three months ago. Yes, yeah. and he refused to take a penny. For me, he said, it's an honor for me to operate you. So, so I want to ask, because I think it's safe to say that back then, many, if not most, Israelis had very harsh feelings towards you. Um, and those aren't uh, neg- in the negative sense. How does it feel to be kind of, you know, one of the most hated people? Look, I uh, thought it's a natural and, uh, and uh, there was no other way possible because like my mother even 99.9999% of the Israelis believed that the Myanuk is even the terrible and how come a Jewish lawyer an Israeli Sabra a wasp white Ashkenazi Sabra with protection represents the Myanuk which is even the terrible So naturally, look, uh, if I wasn't in the case and I would uh, believe what it's written in the newspapers and what the prosecution said, he would said, be dead. I would be mad myself on an Israeli right. defense lawyer that represents the Myanuk. Right. So, uh, so you understand. understand. So uh, I, I fully, I had, look, uh, I am very, very angry angry um, on the prosecution which deliberately spread out their lies and deception about this case which this is the result and the reason why I was more hated than my client and I admit it yes on them I'm very angry mm-hmm. but uh, not but it's, for you people. it's natural that the general uh, yes, public it, it was uh, the only time in my life which I didn't go to shul Because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't. Because of the animosity uh, to me from any congregation, I would step in uh, a shul. Mm-hmm. Synagogue. Okay. okay. So, before we go, the book, you ha- your book is in English, but you don't have an electronic version of it, right? Uh, not that For I know. For Kindle. You should, you should totally release it now that you're... Uh, okay, look, what I, what I want to tell you is this. Look, this... Whether you like it or not, the, the Netflix documentary, one thing is for sure. It made you an international superstar right now. So uh, you should have it publicized uh, again in a digital version uh, look, so that people can read it. Uh, look, uh, when I was uh, 30 years old, I was all over American television representing Mayla Lansky here in Israel. Okay. 
And I tell you more than that. I was a lot on the same American television when I was 22 years old, when I make acquainted with Mayor Lansky, when I established a defense league of Mayor Lansky to uh, provide him with Israeli citizenship according the law of return, because not only is a Jew, he's a very good Jew. He was a very, very good Jew, Mayor Lansky. A very, very, very good Jew. So you're used to it. Uh, but anyway, I th- the book, okay, you heard it, guys. The book is called Defense, Defending Even the Terrible. Yes, but even the terrible in, in, in quotes. In quotes. But uh, it has also British version, and it was published in French as well. You can go to Amazon, and, 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 and you can and, buy and, a second-hand and, version. Yeah, of it. And, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, it was uh, originally in Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. But most of our listeners, unfortunately, in, in don't, Israel, don't read Hebrew. In uh, Hebrew, it's called uh, the Demianuk Affair, the rise and fall of a short trial. Okay. So thank you. First thank of all, you thank so you much. so much yeah, for joining us. Thank you for your us. time. It was fascinating. Uh, before we go... We're collaborating with the Jewish Journal, jewishjournal.com, and with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com, and we accept donations, so please help us out. Go to njp.com slash donate and help us out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good thank luck. Thank you. Thank you, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.